Let's be real about Twitter. Free me. Free me. Free me. Free me too. Free me three. That's four. That's <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't tweet enough. If y'all if y'all don't know, Twitter is banning people for tweeting the 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 word Memphis, M-E-M-P-H-I-S. So it kind of happened out of nowhere, you know. Yeah, so. it's crazy. Mm-mm. Well, speaking of Memphis, Memphis. Speaking of Memphis, <laughs> um, speaking of Twitter, um, for those who have been living under Iraq. Um, well, let's start off with some form of positive news. The Houston Cougars did defeat um, Cincinnati, the University of Cincinnati, uh, today to win the American, um, whatever the name of the conference is, who cares? We'll get to the most important news in a second. But Houston is the winner of the, the American conference, so shouts out to them. Anybody want to give them congratulations or hop hop? Okay, cool. Perfect. Um, so while we're all here, um, the Memphis Tigers um, did lose to um, the University of Houston on yesterday. Uh, 76 to 74. Um, Coach Savage on last week, seven days ago, said that he would have his team ready. Um, he told us that the Memphis Tigers would, on today, March the 14th, um, would be cutting down the nets on their way to the NCAA tournament. Um, he did not do a great job of that. Um, <laughs> so I have listed in the chat the order in which I would like for us to speak and talk about our feelings on yesterday's game. Gentlemen, have at it. Of course, I will go last. Savage, you're lucky I didn't start with you. You're lucky. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) No, yesterday was a pretty bad day overall for me because y'all know, I know y'all don't care. I was at Trevor, Tennessee fans well. We blew a game against Alabama. Right after that, Memphis blows a game in Houston. And right after that, Josh Pastner proceeds to win the ACC championship game. Literally right after (laughs) that. So. Just know I went to bed pretty much. I fell asleep around at the end of the Georgia Tech game. I fell asleep about 9 30, 10 o'clock last night. We lost an hour of sleep too, so that was cool. That was just a bad day out in general, man. Mm-hmm. Memphis specifically, uh, like I told y'all, I don't spend any free though. So I hate when players, uh, fans on Twitter, man, they ain't call no fouls for us. Why do y'all want them to call fouls for us? We don't want to go to the free throw line. We, we took more free throws. No, he called a funny stat. We attempted five more free throws in Houston. 27 to that 22, right? Houston made four more free throws than us. 19 for 22. Us, 15 for 27. So I got to say, the referees actually tried to help us at some point because DeAndre Williams, DeAndre Williams fouled out. He hooked dude, and they took that jump back. <laughs> then they got made him. up for it with that typical yeah, call. Made him later, but, I mean, it, they might as well have fouled him out the first time because he hooked dude. It was a foul. <laughs> they actually did. I always try to help us. Then they took it away anyway. End of the game execution. Um, shots, I, you know, it's what it is. We we put ourselves in a position where we have to have that game, have to have the game last Sunday and that one, and we didn't do it. Got to do better early in the season. So it's what it is. Salute. Hope I think it's I, I think at some point, especially uh, Shark, you just hit it on the head at the end of game ex- ex- execution. You have to look at your coach, looking at you, Coach Savage, because I can't wait to see what the hell you got to say, because I put this on you. I blame you. 
when you're not able to execute at the end of games like you're supposed to, when you're <laughs> turning the ball over when you're not supposed to, like the defense, hey man, it's a top ten team defensively. I think we could have did a lot better, but I mean that's just did me nitpicking. We did okay, so I'm not even gonna get on our defensive, you know, woes or lack of thereof. But offensively, Coach Savage for your boys not to be able to do their thing in both games. The close after the game. There we go. Money bag. What up, money bag? Joe in the building. He probably agreed with me too, keeping everybody simmies and stuff. But it is what it is. Savage, uh, the floor is yours, brother. Because I love to hear what you got to say. How 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 can you not coach a team to do their thing? Oh, it's going to Chidi. Damn it, Chidi, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to disappoint. Um, but <laughs> the we know the Achilles heel of Memphis. Uh, free throws and we can also put on their turnovers but either way you don't expose your Achilles heels as much as you can right so I and to think of this like there was a time some years ago um show my age real quick at least about 20 years ago where there was a person in the NBA that was so dominant so dominant in what he did that they literally started making uh, a hack a shack Right, they started putting them on the free throw line. They said, "Oh, you ain't gonna get the ball and just score in the paint at will. We're gonna foul you, and then you're going to make it at the free throw line." I mean, the man still averaged what he did, and I say that to say Memphis's Achilles' heel always gets exposed every single game. There's nothing that could have been written to do better with your free throws from last week to this week, unless they didn't shoot free throws at all. That, that's the only way to get better at free throw percentage because they're they're terrible. They're atrocious. There's something like ridiculously. 332nd in Division One basketball. And you might as well include that in Division Two, Three, Double A, and all that <laughs> um, because that's tremendously terrible. You are, if you're going to be a top tier team, if you're going to think about, think about a team that's going to make the round of 64, you cannot be in anyone's one, two, or three hundreds shooting free throws. It doesn't happen. And, you, and you're not closing out games effectively um, and with turnovers. This is a team you just saw. You took them to the limit last time. Um, I guess you kind of took them to the limit again. And we, um, But it all is going to boil down to that. Um, shout out to the Tigers. Um, you know, maybe they get in, maybe not. I know we said um, <laughs> that there's a possibility they can get in. The question is going to be, gentlemen, and I'll let Savage go after this. Um, do we want to see them in? Do we want to see them go into the tournament and then in the, when they get into the tournament, embarrass themselves again uh, within the first round as a maybe as high as 12 seed, maybe um, and get exposed? I mean, the exposure is there for Memphis, great. But again, if we're going to lose again to foul shooting and, and Penny's lack of that, then let's keep it moving. <sighs> All right. So one, one, I would like to see Memphis in the tournament, not because I would pick them to win. I would not. I know for a fact that they would probably lose to a better coach team in that five C because they probably be a 12 C. Um, however, I think they need this experience bad. They need to get tournament experience. They need to be placed in situations where you got to figure out where the ball is going. So prime example, my name today is 15 or 27 free throws. We get it. It's been that way since D wash back against Louisville back in the day. All that aside, I tweeted out during the game, uh, even prior to them getting up four, 
when Jeffries had the ball going down court. I said, Memphis, you don't have to go fast every possession. Get a breather on offense. Like, just stop. Like, stop. Hold the ball. You get a 30-second shot clock, bro. Take 15 seconds to, to, to get a breather. Get the ball to DeAndre Williams. Let him go to work in the mid post. He was dominating all game. Let him go to work. Or give the ball to Boogie, who was not missing. <laughs> Literally was not Except missing. Except on the free throw. Except the free throw line. That's it. But aside from <laughs> the last shot of the game was a crazy shot. He made it. Like, just, just calm down. Find your isolation score. Because they have no offense at all. Like, no offense. Like, it's just iso ball with, with Dre, iso ball with Boogie, and pray that we, that we go score. That being said, Jeffries had the ball up four. They stole the ball, actually. In my mind, it was like one minute left, 130 left. And I was like, dude, slow down. Just just stop. Slow down. You can get a foul. Not to make the free throw anyway, but you can get a foul. You can get a timeout, whatever it is. And they just proceeded to just run fast and turn the ball over like usual. you know. Um, and then what made me even more mad is last shot of the game, 30 seconds left. These mugs held the ball for like 17 seconds. Held the ball. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, we gotta go, we gotta go score a bucket or something, like, and then shot an ugly three. So um, I am coach savage, but I had a game earlier that day with my Knicks playing against the Thunder, which we won by 20 points. So I do not count that game on Coach Savage. <laughs> I was tired, I had to go from, from, from OKC to or wherever, wherever the game was at to Houston. So it was a rough game for your boy. However, <laughs> I do think this is a good learning, uh, learning experience for the Tigers. I wish they could make the tournament. I don't, I don't think they will make the tournament, but I would not be surprised if they did, based on the fact that, as everybody tells me, this double A likes to make money. There is money in the Tigers making the tournament. However, it's going to be hard to give them any credit without any quiet one wins. So, um, good year for Memphis, but I don't know how to coach free throw shooting. I don't like that. Th that's all up here. That's up here. Like they miss him in the first quarter or first half, they miss him in the second half. It's it's up here. You can't you can't coach that. I don't know how to coach that. So that's it. I think it's just one word before you go, Trev, that'll sum up literally everything that you just said. And that word is excuses. Excuses. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> available to coach this team the way they're supposed to be coached. This is I did my job. We we lost by two points. I did my job. Bro. I did my job. <laughs> I can't shoot free throws for everybody. I guarantee you right now. I can go out there right now and shoot 70% from the free throw line right now. I can do that right I now. Bet, I bet you can't. <laughs> sorry, sorry to keep you on hold, Trevor, but he did mention something about coaching the Knicks, right? Free pressure you in, bro. Why he can't go anywhere in, the, in Madison Square Garden? I don't control Jim Dolan. Uh -huh. I don't control Jim Dolan. He is in control, though. <laughs> if anything he control you savage it's okay with you. <laughs> yeah uh shoot honestly savage took pretty much most of what i was gonna say because I, I pointed out the same type of things uh that he just uh explained during the game uh really i'm not gonna repeat any of those um memphis very well could have and should have won this game uh one thing i will give penny uh his credit on is the adjustment he made from the first to the second half because once again, the Tigers were getting destroyed on the glass. I think they still lost the offense, the rebound battle. I'm not sure what was the margin. Um, but they did a better job in the second half, which, of course, aided in them eventually getting back in the game. I, I, watching them on offense is, is, is terrible. Like I literally have to 
I literally play a drinking game with myself. I'm taking, I was like, I'm taking a shot each time Memphis runs an isolation play. And it was practically every oh, okay. single play. <laughs> <laughs> it was practically every single play. Um, you still then, alive? Huh? <laughs> yes, I am. By the grace of God, I'm still alive here today. Um, he ain't been a glass of the way. That's what it was. No, I was drinking straight from the bottle, brother. It's, 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 I, it, it got to a point where I was like, it's not, I'm not going to even waste time pouring it into, into a glass. It's just That's just how how bad it was for this offense. Like, you really can't coach free throws at this point, the Savage said. 15 to 27, like, that's just inexcusable. Uh, the only way I would do it is I'm devoting a whole hour, I'm an extra hour of practice to specifically for free throws. And every missed free throw, that's a suicide. So... At this point, Memphis is running 12 suicides right now, 15 to 27 from the free throw line. That's really the only way that you can fix it, at least if you want to try to fix it. But um, to close it out on a positive note, um, it was a great, great season for the Tigers. I don't see them getting in the tournament. I did say it early in the season. I wanted it to be wrong, but unfortunately it is what it is. Uh, if this team is together next season, look out. I think Memphis is going to be very, very dangerous uh, next season. And and it's also it's unfortunate that COVID happened as well because had we had a tournament last year, I think Memphis would have been in and we would have gotten that so-called experience potentially that uh, we've been searching for as far as the tournament. So look forward to Memphis in the NIT. See what they do there. For me, gentlemen, this is disappointing on so many levels. Sharky just mentioned that Josh Pastner, who was a coach for the Memphis Tigers several years ago, recently just made the NCAA tournament. Patrick Ewing just made the NCAA tournament. Uh, Juwan Howard, who has been the coach of Michigan for all of what, one year? Second year? Has already made the NCAA tournament. If you would have told me, but going into this year, that all three of those coaches would have made the NCAA tournament and Penny Hardaway had not, I would have called you silly. This loss is is disappointing on another level because every reason why they lost the game is the exact reason why they lost the game last Sunday. It's free throws, not boxing out, not rebounding, and turnovers. I have y'all understand my hatred for drop passes. Memphis has the worst set of hands I've ever seen in my entire life. I've never seen a team drop the ball mishandle the ball be so weak with the ball throughout the entirety of a game it's 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 frustrating that all these turnovers keep happening i don't understand how you go 15 of 27 from the free throw line Trevor, you mentioned about adding an extra hour of practice like to shoot free throws that's all they should have been doing all week that's all they should have been doing at this point you know the playbook you know what the defensive sets look like you know what houston looks like shoot free throws the entire week so that way free throws are not the reason you lose the game yet it was again i honestly don't know what to say um will the team be back in its entirety i doubt it uh i'm pretty sure landers nolly is probably going to the league in some form or fashion i expect somebody's leaving somebody's transferring i i just feel it because the team was is was in such a disarray um earlier in the season so i'm not sure if everybody's willing to come back after that um so it'll be interesting to see it, it's it's i'm not frustrated i'm just more so disappointed because they have the talent you, you how many teams are in the in the tournament or for march man is 70 something 68. 68. 68. 68. it ain't six it ain't 60 teams better than memphis 
Trust me, it's not. But if you're going to continue to play the way you did yesterday and the, the, uh, even the game before that, you have no choice but to get in the tournament. I'll be surprised if they're selected to go into the field, but they just don't deserve it. <laughs> like you can, all these commentators can, can can give Memphis all this credit that they want to on national TV. It's fine, but guess what? They don't have a vote. They don't have a say so in who gets into the tournament or not. And it's disappointing that Memphis played the way that they did to lose their game. That's that's what I have. To real, say. real quick, real quick. So Grimes. One Grimes, oh my god, yes. <laughs> he need to be on somebody's yes. roster next year in the NBA. That's one. He was a first team performer in the in the American Conference. Where the hell was Landers Nolly? Like first team All Conference? Oh, and couldn't. I mean, I did he score? Did he score? Like he doubled I mean, a lot actually. He, he, he got he got clamped, but I mean, that's not like Memphis wasn't putting hands in in Grimes' face on them threes. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I was disappointed. How much he scored, man? Well, four points. I don't even remember him being in the game, to be honest. I don't it's even remember in both, in both games? That's no, terrible. First game, he had like 20. No. Terrible. Second game. This first game, yeah. I think he had like, what, 15 or something yeah. like that? Yeah, about 20. And to be honest, that's indicative of Memphis as a whole. They don't have, like, a focus on offense. Like, they, they have too many players that want to score their points. Like, get one or two dudes and then get specials around. Like, I, I'm cool with Boogie. Boogie's cool with me as far as, like, being the top scorer. Like, let's get some – let's get a defensive specials over here. Let's get a shooter over here. Like, I, I said it before at the beginning of the season. Go get some white boys from white boys. schools, please. I'm saying that's Coach Saps. Like, go oh, yeah. get some white boys from these, from these private schools that can shoot. Like, stop getting mm. the same player over and over again. Like, we got them now. We got six or seven mm. dudes now. Go get some shooters, please. And you asked where you asked where where Landers Nolly was. Where was DJ? Yeah, DJ. DJ DJ had a lot of promise coming out of Olive Branch, and give him you give him you give him a slack because he got hurt last year. But this was the year you expected DJ, if he wasn't the best player on the team, to at least be the second player, the second best player on the team. He wasn't even getting clock at the end. Well, he was getting clock, but that that five that they ran at the end of the season. Yeah, he wasn't part of it, and it's yeah. because he just he wasn't he wasn't performing well, and not so yet. I think that's another I think that's another part of it. It's just like it part of it is just like I'm not seeing players grow, um, in their role or on the team. That's the, that's the other thing for me. <sighs> Done talking about these folks. <laughs> Let's move on to real talk. <laughs> All right, it's a recording. The March Madness record will be releasing, so I'll give updates on where everybody's at. Um, salute to Ohio State Sheedy. Uh, y'all and Dog fight for the Big Ten title right now against Illinois, so at least somebody's team on this podcast. Um, well, Tennessee and us, I mean, Trevor, they'll make the tournament, but they ain't oh, gonna like Texas. Uh huh. Didn't, didn't, didn't Texas win something? They there you go. They 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 doing their thing this season. Too. Dangerous too. Yeah. So. Ooh, yes. Finally. Finally. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully Memphis gets to that final point. One day. One day. One day. One day. Wish for thinking. We have a dream, man. We have a dream. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Mr. Smithy, yeah, so stay. Yo, hope y'all pull it out. Y'all down by three with what forty seconds. So, um, real talk. It's been one year. It's it's March fourteenth. March the 11th last year, Rudy Gobert tested positive for COVID-19. And the world as we know it was shook. I mean, it's, it's all changed since then. Personal lives, 
course, the story with sports, but it went everywhere, right? Um, so the question I have for this podcast is, is life right now what you envision when COVID first happened? And what I mean by that is when it first happened, and not even right, not even your thoughts when it first happened, but even like probably a month later, did you think what's going on now with us getting the vaccine? Did you think it'll come this late, or did you think that we're already back to normal right now? And order uh two sheedy, Skyler, Savage, and Trevor. Interesting, you started with me first, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, I one of the reasons I moved to Phoenix is because of a guesstimation, right? Um, a guesstimation that the world will be, you know, back to normal or getting, you know, back to normal or whatnot. And, you know, I was in a decision to where, okay, do I want to stay here in Memphis or do I just want to, like, if once I see the world open back up, do I want to stay in Memphis or move elsewhere? Long story short, I'm here in Phoenix now. And it's, you know, in March and yesterday, I was chilling at an open bar. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. <laughs> right. Shitty <laughs> Pac. <laughs> but now, so uh, I was at a bar yesterday and then, like, you know, life somewhat back to normal. And I think, like, I was able to say that I made the, the, the right decision as far as, like, my life goes because, like, I knew last year, that, hold on, the world's not going to miss out on a lot of money. You got sports events happening. You know, we were able to see the NFL season go through, which all of us, I think, can agree on. We didn't expect to see. The NBA, for the most, most part, has been doing their thing. So it's like the worlds don't open up at a certain point, you know, even if it's 50, 60 percent. And what we're seeing now is, is that, you know, you got some states uh, in the South that's 100 percent capacity. Pretty cool. I think my prediction pretty much came into fruition. We got here. I think Phoenix is 100 percent capacity. Cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as the mask mandates go, I mean, you know, people still wear their masks or not. Um, like I said, I don't want my thoughts on any of our platforms to be a, you know, insensitive matter. And I'll leave it at there. But the world's opening back up. And I see, you know, the world continue to open back up. Well, I think concerts will be a thing. I think so. It depends on where. So, so I think the world is getting back to normal. Um, but, you know, we started off with grabbing as much tissue and, and, and paper towels you know, and everything at the beginning to now it's been kind of crazy to see. Yeah. Um, first of all, salute to you too, because the pandemic really took away like your main source of income, right? You're a DJ, right? And people couldn't get right. together and congregate and you are a testament of making it through um, COVID, um, even with the restrictions that were in place. So salute to you, even though you, you went from Memphis to Phoenix, you still one of us. Um, and so- Absolutely. Uh, for that, I when I think about COVID, I re, I, I distinctly remember, and there was uh, we were at, in school, and I remember it was a Thursday, I believe, and students were asking me like, Mr. Rod, are we gonna come back to school tomorrow? Like, are we really gonna do this? And I'm like, what y'all mean? Like, what's going on? And that was when that first COVID test actually hit Memphis, and then after that, they shut it down, right? And so. In my head, I knew that there was going to be another wave of COVID because of I did my research. I was reading up on it, um, especially around the fluish season, um, that it would happen or that it would, would get worse. Um, I'm thankful for the vaccines. I'm one of the people that has got a vaccination shot. Of course, there's others on this show as well um, to get there. But the COVID-19 itself is not a dog to play with um, at all. Um, and what it can do 
to you physically is bad, but also the strain that it can put on you mentally because of your physical state is horrible. Um, and so to the point of too, like we don't want to be indifferent for how people feel about it. Um, we all have our different opinions in that regard. Um, and where we're at now, we're still wearing masks. Um, yes, we're opening back up, right? We can get um, some more people in, having some more joyous times, which I think when you look back at 2020, there's not too much joy that you recall from 2020. Um, we weren't going on vacations. We weren't doing weddings. We weren't doing stuff like that because of the restrictions. So 2020 was really a shot of joy gone. And so I look at 2021 as now a chance to redo what 2020 could have been had we been following the rules, so to speak, um, in its entirety. Um, and so I look forward to what we look for, like I said, for 2021. Um, I really, really, really want more of an emphasis on the kids. Um, and then what will this mean for our kids as they grow up? Like, what are they going to recall 2020 as? And I'll say this before I, I pass it on to, to uh, Skylar. Aiden has a book that he reads that has actual signs in it that say, you know, COVID, schools are closed due to COVID-19 um, or parks are closed due to COVID-19. This was a real thing that happened. So what are our kids going to say about this year in general? Um, so like how do we take, talk about 2001, I believe, uh, when the towers were hit for September 11th? Uh, even though that was just a one instant, this was a complete year. But I'm curious to see how the kids will take it, you know, a decade from now, uh, passing over to Skyler. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, to answer your question, Sharky, is life now what we envisioned like a year ago? For me, no. Um, I think when I first, when COVID started to hit um, the U.S. and it really started to hit Memphis, I think I was, I think my mindset was, I think, okay, everything will be back to normal come the summertime because sports is coming to your point uh, too. Money got to be made and you're closing all these businesses down uh, for COVID restrictions, um, quarantining, whatever the reason it may be. So I was, of the, I was one of those people, we'll be fine come, come the summertime. And then the summertime hits and we still had nothing, right? So then as the summertime gets here, I was like, okay, at any, if, if nothing else, we'll be fine after the election. After the election, we still had nothing, right? And so you fast forward to now we are March, mid-March of 2021, um, and it's hard to envision what we've gone through. Um, I think individually and collectively, it's 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 hard to envision what we went through all last year. I think all of us had either some good some good things happen to us, uh, some bad things happen to us. We lost we lost people. We gained some. Um, we gained um, a, a couple people. Uh, Shidi got a Shidi had a layer. Um, I had Eva, and so um, we're thankful for things like that. Um, but I think we still had uh, things where like things didn't go well, whether it was deaths or people lost jobs and things like that. So as we sit here in March, it seems as if we're on the up and up. It seems as if things are opening up. Um, I just hope that we as a country continue to do what we are supposed to do, that whether it's wearing masks, if you're one of those people that want to get the vaccine, go get the vaccine so we can have some form of a summer so that if in, if nothing else, we can have some form of a holiday because it was even weird for holidays where only some of only so few of us or if, if, if even if you were able to meet up with your family or friends or whatever, it was hard to even restrict that to a certain amount of uh, certain amount of people. So um, I'm hoping we all do what we're supposed to do um, so that way we have some form of a 2021 because I would like to have my season tickets back for the Tigers. 
I'm still gonna do it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I I hope that we have some form of a uh, a good year. I'm going forward. Um, yeah, I was one of those people who thought that it would get cleared out by the summertime, just because we didn't know what we were dealing with. But I kind of feel like maybe it's like a flu type of thing, you know, or whatever. Uh, but it does affect people differently. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't affect me too bad, aside from the loss of taste and smell. But I mean, it did have hurt people with like aching. I actually had a student who was, had a really bad case of COVID um, a couple of weeks ago, actually, and she just recovered from that. She had to actually go to the to the to the ER because it was so bad for her. But yeah, I'm the first thing that I think about, um, at least in my profession, is like how does this impact you know the students and kids because so much was lost in education last year. Uh, you had people who couldn't access internet. Uh, couldn't access their their school systems in terms of like logging on logging in online, um, and so those students at some point are going to get passed along to the next level, and you know they're not going to be as prepared you know as if they were in person. And as a person who works in higher education, I see I see that now with students coming in who are not prepared for you know college. And so I, I think about that in terms of like just how COVID has had an impact and how it would. Um, kind of impacts us you know in the future uh and personally for me you know y'all know my wife is pregnant and so that has kind of restricted the you know the celebration of her being pregnant so she didn't get to go to church and see people like oh you're pregnant you know people haven't seen her in months <laughs> since she first was pregnant like in september you know what i'm saying so um and now she's about ready to pop in like two months so um that that part was kind of kind of um kind of i don't, I don't say sad but kind of like as a person, this is my first first child, so I'm I'm missing out on like like celebrating life pretty much. Uh, now, to some extent, we are going to be able to do that through like you know the baby shower next week, but still, it's like that's not normal for for us as a society. Um, so, what do I see it have uh, changing in the future? Hopefully, it does get better. I think it will get better because states are opening up <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, but I think that's part doing parts that everybody's getting the vaccine now. And at some point we'll get herd immunity. Uh, I personally am not getting the vaccine just yet because I, I want to be able to get it with Kiera. And we don't know how that will impact the baby in terms of like breastfeeding. So um, I'm I'm hoping that it gets better. Um, am I expecting it to happen soon? I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, uh, y'all getting vaccines. Hey, kill it. But, you know, stay safe and uh, hopefully we can get past this. Yeah, uh, just like everyone else has pretty much said, um, a year ago at this time, I pretty much thought that everything would have been done and eradicated by the summer. But um, of course, that wasn't the case. Um, speaking to which, the scholar with the holidays, for those that don't know, like I literally had to spend Christmas quarantine because I was diagnosed with COVID on December 19th. So I literally had to spend my Christmas holiday sitting in this very seat I am in my own apartment on top of losing taste and smell. So there was no, you know, spending time with family or anything of that nature. I literally was stuck in here with my wife and she was having the quarantine in the next room. Um, so for me, do I think things would get better? I can surely hope so. Uh, my wife and I do plan to uh, make an appointment to get the vaccine very soon. And um, just, from everything just taking this toll from 2020, it has taken this toll, especially for me working in the nonprofit uh, industry. 
St. Jude lost millions and millions of dollars just based on the number of events that they had to cancel because it's because of COVID. But uh, they've since been able to bounce back and adjust by transitioning most of everything to virtual. But besides all of that, um, hopefully we can get back to everything by the summertime. Um, I have traveled some since then, um, but it hasn't been too much of anything. But even then, my wife and I was like, okay, if we're traveling anywhere and we come back, we're going to quarantine for two weeks. We're not going anywhere. And then if anything comes up, we're going to get tested to make sure that everything is everything. So uh, what for me, I know 2020 didn't have a lot of joy. I just want to send special thank you to Versus, even though they eventually got sold. The last dance being pushed up to April because that was originally supposed to air in June around NBA Finals time and uh, Insecure. So uh, thank you to those three uh, shows. Uh, for helping me and my wife, for that matter, get through 2020. So, yep. And shout out some more shows. I mean, Netflix came with it. Money Heist, um, Snowfall. Some new shows got introduced to Ozark. I'm still currently watching now. So, I mean, just and of course, there's countless other shows. You know, everybody been binge watching, catching up on different stuff. So, Netflix, HBO Max. Hallelujah. That's where it's at. That's a god scene right there. I swear. Love. That's love. um, For me, yeah, by this time, I thought we would be done. I mean, first hitting. Of course, like I said, when before Rudy Gobert tested positive, I really want to take it. All of us really want to hurt hearing about COVID, right? So I really want to take it serious. Oh, they're going to talk about no fans can be at the games. What? 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 Then he tests positive. This one was like, oh, this is real. And then, like I said, then you see people are dying for it from it, or then you see some of y'all get it. Uh, Savage, Trevor, Sheedy, like y'all got in, y'all had symptoms, taste, smell, and losing uh, things like that. And I know how it feels lose, t- uh, lose smell at least. I had a flu a couple years ago, so it's rough. And you're just thinking, like, man, it's scary. And same with Savage, you know, you can't fully enjoy, you know, the pregnancy of uh, Kiara. And same with me, like, I'm getting married in August, I'm just hoping that. I hope I don't have to wear a mask, and I probably will still have to, but everything might be getting back to a little bit of normalcy. But the same thing, we just can't just truly celebrate our full engagement right now because we're still stuck uh, in this, uh, what's it called, pandemic. So, Pandora. I mean, huh? Pandora. Panoramic. Panoramic. <laughs> <laughs> But I just remember when it first happened. I just remember, uh, man, I forgot from uh, Three Mafia. Uh, damn, I can't think of his name right now. He just said, man, summer is right around the corner. Okay, Pat. Shout out, Pat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just hear that, like, man, Go get the boo. <laughs> summertime, bro. It's gonna be gone. Shit. <laughs> Little did we know. Man, and we didn't went through so much, man. We had the biggest snowstorm we ever had before here in Memphis, man. I, since we've been born, at least, I had, what they said, 60s, 1960s, 80s, or whatever, when that last, is biggest snowstorm we had. So, I mean, through all of y'all, we all have grown. Um, just think about it. We were recording in person. I mean, I haven't, I've seen y'all at different spots in person, but we all together, all six, six of us haven't been together since before that, right? So, a lot of things had to get used to, um, get used to this virtual thing, but it's been fun. Um, well, it's been not, yeah, this has been fun, but not the whole COVID thing. But like I said, glad we all are doing well. Um, we all have come out of it stronger than ever. Hopefully, the world, hopefully, we get back to normal, uh, sometime soon. And that's why I want to bring the question up, man. It's been a year, 
kind of wanted to dwell a little bit. We haven't checked in on each other in that regard in a second either. So <sighs> it's been good. Anybody got anything else? Yeah, um, quickly, one thing you didn't mention um, show-wise, I want to make sure we include there is let's be real. Um, we didn't stop recording during the pandemic, and we yep. brought content that was yep. different than what you heard on a Monday through Friday basis, where all they could talk about was LeBron um, or LeBron or, like, more LeBron. Um, and so, or maybe Thomas, <laughs> maybe you maybe got some tick in there. But, like, we legitimately and strategically made sure that you had content available that was relevant to what was going on. So if you didn't get a chance to binge us during then, do it now um, because we come for everything that we are needed and earned in 2021. Right. Look, we, did, we, did all, we did all that and didn't even ask for a thank you. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's the least you can do is say thank you. <laughs> right. And I- and not to mention all the black black uh, not to mention the police killings right so we did have a lot of unfortunate things but that was going on before the pandemic right it just became even more publicized because we were always stuck in health right so like i said good work uh proud of proud of all of us and we on that way cheating i know some extra proud of Proud of the New Orleans Saints <laughs> for signing a trash quarterback for $35 million a season. Shoot, um, me too. They ain't out of vision. <laughs> um, because it makes the $40 million for Dak a little better um, to digest. Um, and so I am the third installment, I believe, uh, on what's wrong with your team. Um, and what I'll do is share my screen. Um, I know I'll have plenty of comments. Um, as we begin, please hold off on all comments until we're ready. And that by we, I mean me. Um, so let me <laughs> and the so Titans, and the Titans one will be coming tomorrow, and let's tighten up podcast live at seven o'clock. So I just have to make sure you say, I'm get the Eagles. You probably gonna get the Eagles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah want the Eagles. <laughs> Yes, yes, I do. Okay. Wait, is the Cowboys still America's team? You can really see my slide. So let's go ahead and begin. Um, So let's discuss Sheedy and America's team. Um, Because last time I checked on Forbes, we were definitely there. Not sure about the Panthers. Speaking of that, since 2006, so we are one and two in the playoffs. So let's there's one thing that we do as Cowboys fans. We always live in the past. So let's live in the last five years of this trash that we put together. Since 2016, we are one and two in the playoffs with only two bursts. Um, for those of you that don't remember this, um, this was our blunder with the Seahawks uh, for a field goal with Tony Romo. Um, this is prior to 2016. Um, however, it's still relevant for today. Last season, um, out with the old and in with the older, right? Um, so Jason Garrett was gone, uh, but we also replaced a lot of our newer or older defensive line with older defensive line men. Um, so that's why I started with out with the old and in with the older. Uh, Mike McCarthy is older than Jason Garrett, uh, but is also a Super Bowl winning head coach. Um, so I don't want to disrespect him in that regard. Um, and also always has really, really rocky starts with his teams for the first season, if not the second season. Uh, but it is the season we went six and ten. 
We lost four one possession games. Um, so if we split that, we're eight and eight. If we just win one game, we all know that we are at least in the playoffs. Um, however, in that same vein, we are one um, squib-ish kick, which became an onside kick that the Falcons didn't recover from being five and 11 as well. Um, we'll speak about that a little bit later. We finished 12 out of 16th in the NFC, which is god awful. Um, and we were scoring 24 points a game, but giving up close to 30. Um, we all know that is a recipe for disaster. What was missing? Immediately, you know, Dak um, was missing. Um, he only missed our last 11 games. He was two and three uh, before then. Our offensive line, um, and that's something that I think at least the Steelers definitely talked about, I believe prior as well as the Panthers. Four out of five all pros from 2019 missed a significant part of 2020, if not all of them. Um, you're talking our center, our two offensive tackles, and our all pro guard. Um, we went from second best in sacks allowed to seventh worst. A game that's built in the trenches. If you ask Aaron Rodgers if he would take back that game with his offensive tackle for Green Bay, I'm sure he would. If you ask Patrick Mahomes if he would take back that game with his offensive line fully intact, I guarantee you he would. Um, and also I put what was missing was defensive support. And as much as I put defensive support, you have to be winning, willing to win on one side of the ball. When I, Dak went down, we knew that offense was not going to win us games at all. But, I mean, the defense looked lackluster at many of times, especially after they got a turnover um, and the offense refused to score after that. Um, and I would be, too, if I was on the defense. So I completely understand. Um, but those hogs up front for our offensive line were a big reason why we couldn't do what we did. Um, along with not even having a thousand yard rusher, which is one thing I didn't put on here. Um, Zeke did not get a thousand yards last season. 2021 season, um, as you can see on the background, safety first. Um, so the safety protocol. I said go get Anthony Harris um, from the Minnesota Vikings. He played all 16 games, has 104 total tackles. We've seen what a safety can do. Um, and he's younger, right? Um, I like Patrick Peterson also, uh, but moving from a corner back to a safety position. Um, we need to draft a corner. I'm saying preferably Patrick Sertain, the second from Alabama. Um, when he was one-on-one -on -one with receivers, 40% of the passes caught against him, as opposed to two-thirds of those passes were caught for Dallas. We have to start somewhere, um, and I'd rather get it in the draft than actually having to pay someone for that. And I talked about the offensive line. Uh, we'll definitely have our tackles back, um, but in the second round, addressing some more offensive line struggles. Um, so, yes, I, I do love Ohio State. Um, and so Wyatt Davis uh, as a standout guard, um, you're talking about an all-conference player um, two years in a row um, for that. Or also Quinn Mraz, if I'm even saying that right, but he's the top-rated center and supposed to be available um, for the second round. These are things that I believe we need to position ourselves back to. We did well. Dak did well. Zeke did well. The Dallas Cowboys did well when we addressed the offensive line. Um, but then, of course, like I said, we, the money that we have saved by getting Dak, go find Anthony Harris or someone suitable for that. So, of course, in Dak, we trust um, signing a four-year deal, um, leaving an extra $20 million for free agency. Uh, bring in Dan Quinn, Super Bowl credentials, not the Falcons coach. As you can see in the background, I found a picture of him with Seattle, um, where he went back-to-back -back Super Bowls. Yes, he did have the Legion of Boom and a great defense, 
But even with great talent, you must still be able to coach that talent in some way, shape, or form. So I believe if we just making Dan Quinn just defense only, uh, let's see what he can do. And then a second chance uh, for older vets on D-line, Gerald McCoy, who we got um, from the Panthers. Um, Want to see what he is like. He didn't even play last season. Um, you're talking about Alden Smith, who revitalized his career for us um, there. But we need a strong start and a strong presence on the D-line um, to help out with that. Now, last part, as you can see in the background, um, star power. That is Super Bowl 30. Um, as everyone likes to allude to, the last time the Cowboys meant anything and were a Super Bowl team. I get it. <laughs> so I wanted to drop it in there um, with Super Bowl 30. That's the last time we won a Super Bowl, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, not the last time we lost. So um, for the Cowboys, these are what we have coming up for us. We'll be seeing the NFC South. Um, so that is the Falcons and Panthers, um, along with the Saints and Buccaneers. Um, we also have the games against the Raiders, Broncos, and Cardinals at home. Uh, the Cardinals is going to be a tough match, especially with J.J. Watt on that team now, um, in a way. Um, so we got to go see Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'm not really concerned about the Chargers or Vikings. I am concerned about the Buccaneers for sure. And, of course, our usual foes um, with Philly, as Savage will allude to, we always split one and one I believe we also split one and one with Washington. I actually have us going 10-6. and six at least um, for this, which is a turnaround from last season where we were six and 10. Um, but I'll stop there um, and be ready to receive the slander that is LBR in regards to the Cowboys. Go ahead, go to. Yeah, go ahead, too. Well, I got to go first. You better, you want to be <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, when, when Lito brought up the fact, like, can you name a team that give up a ball more earlier in, in the podcast? I wanted to say the Cowboys, right? Um, because y'all y'all did give up, you know, the third most fumbles in the league. So how, how do you fix that, uh, I guess, coach, owner, affiliate, cheaty? I don't even know what to call you. I guess fan? Um, <laughs> Follower? Um, but I would, um, one, Zeke wasn't in the right headspace. Um, those first six games where he gave up all, a lot of those fumbles. Um, some other careless turnovers come from the backup quarterback, which was Andy Dalton. Um, along with, um, we had, we've had four, or was it five? It was four different starting quarterbacks, five quarterbacks altogether um, play within the season. Um, when you limit that to just one, um, that timing is better. Um, how the wide receivers come out of routes and reading the routes better, reading the defense that is getting played against you is better as well. Um, when you're putting that all in Dak, and Dak we trust. Um, so hopefully we can turn over, do better with our turnovers this upcoming season. Yo, Especially Dak we trust. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you like that contract? On a scale from 1 to 10, um, knowing what's coming up for this next offseason um, in regards to cap space, I give it at least an 8. Um, because, like I said, we're freeing up $20 million, um, whereas if we were to franchise tag them, we wouldn't have as much money on the table. Uh, now, I want to use that money to go get a safety. Um, we've seen what's happened in Pittsburgh with a safety um, and other teams around the league. Tampa Bay Buccaneers had an outstanding um, backfield as well. Well, backfield, excuse me, defensive backs as well. So go get a safety. We're, I'm tired of looking at um, Darren Woodson old photos um, and not seeing something way more current. 
And I guess the last question, because I know y'all got some. Um, 1995. How are how, in your honest words? How are you? How are y'all feel America pain? <laughs> um, I would. I you know there's that old saying I can show you better. I can tell you right. Um, but y'all been showing us nothing. Well, <laughs> that's not what the bank's saying. Um, and so again, if you check the Forbes list, um, we still are right up there in the top five, I believe, uh, with teams around with the Lakers. Um, it might be the Steelers, maybe up there. I'm not sure. Yankees. Uh, but I, I know for sure there's a team in in the Carolinas that's definitely not there, um, and not going to be America's team. Now I could see a, a maybe the Patriots, but nobody liked the Patriots uh, for some reason. More people like the Cowboys than the Patriots, so. <laughs> We are America's team still. It's gonna We're come down at the end of the day. Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones might go down as the biggest robber in like robbery history. Like he, he getting big, he get that cash from y'all. Y'all yeah. paying him for mediocrity. Um, that man bought our team and we didn't have nothing for real. Um, made that trade with Herschel Walker and gave us three Super Bowls. So as much as I hate that man for what he's done for the past twenty to thirty years. Alvin would be supportive of him for what he did to get us back to where we were at um, after with Stallback. Yeah, and got that nice stadium yeah. that we all went to for the Cotton Bowl the year two. True. <laughs> I give him that. <laughs> I'll go next. So I said on IDK that based on Dak's contract this year, so his base salary this year is just $9 million. Uh, that goes up exponentially. The following, you know, second, third, fourth year. So, in my viewpoint, let me ask you this: I think that the Cowboys are going for the Super Bowl this year because our division, as you know, is terrible. We're not expected to compete next year. Washington's not, not going to compete next year. The Giants still get Daniel Jones as their quarterback. So, Sheedy, is it fair to assume that y'all should be competing for the Super Bowl next year, based on what I just said? Um, yes, it is fair to assume that I think that also was in the cards as of last season. Um, for us, and the season of 40 in, and the season of 40 in, and the season of 40 you might have to go back, you know, like 11 years for the Panthers. I get it, but um, yeah, I think we are it's again Super Bowl or bust. I think that's always going to be the mantra for the Cowboys, but yes, I do see that right now, um, with the cap space in regards to your question. Okay. Um, for me, really good job on the PowerPoint, by the way. I think what you did a good job of is highlighting what you really need. I think offensively, I think you guys are good. I think you guys are set. I think y'all probably have probably the best wide receiving core in the league um, with Amari Cooper, who, of course, can Amari Cooper, who can be up and down, but he can still give you some yards. He can give you some yards there. Um, C.D. Lamb is good. And I forgot the other yeah. guy's name. My yeah. I forgot the other guy's name. But my, my question to you is, what's the biggest thing that concerns you going into next season? What's the biggest thing that concerns you? Is it, is it Mike McCarthy? Is it um, are you going to draft the right player with the first with, with the first and um, second round picks that you guys have? Is it defense? What's what's your biggest concern? Sorry, uh, great question. And Trevor, I know I saw your hand go up uh, after Skyler as well. Um, first of all, let's address the wide receiver issue, um, and then I'll talk about my biggest concern. Um, Michael Gallup had an off year this year. Um, that was because Michael, of the yeah. 
of that relationship between him and Dak have. Um, that timing is there, and it's there for those two, and it's not there for Andy Dalton and all the other quarterbacks that we got from Mount Mariah to try to suit up. Um, <laughs> so I'll say that. I would say my biggest concern is how do we turn the defense around? Um, to your point, Skyler, and I think other people's point too, we have it there offensively, but what do we do defensively to not let teams put up 29 points every time they are across the field from us? Um, so what is Dan? And to me, that starts with Dan Quinn, the coach now, uh, will be our coordinator. So what is he going to bring to us that he couldn't really bring with Atlanta, uh, but he definitely brought with Seattle. So I, that's why I chose him in the Seattle attire instead of any other attire, um, because that was the Super Bowls that he went to um, in both the years that he was there as a defensive coordinator that landed him the job eventually with Atlanta. Um, and so I want to see what he's like now back as a defensive coordinator, such like such like what I'm about to say this and then pass over, um, like um, Leslie Frazier, right? A, a coach that was a head coach, didn't work out well, didn't pan out well, but then became a defensive coordinator again and did amazing, right? Um, and brought his team to where they were going. So that my biggest concern is defense. And then um, how do we manage what we have defensively as well? All right. Well, Skylar took my other question that I had as far as uh, what was going to be a bit of biggest concern. Um, but kind of to just to add on a little bit to what Savage said, uh, given everything that's going on with you guys in the NFC East, uh, given that you guys are pretty much are going to run away with it. I know you originally said 10 and six, but could I challenge you just a little bit to at least go a game better and say y'all go 11 and five? Because I think 11 and 5, 12 and 4 could potentially be in y'all range just from looking at y'all's schedule. Yeah. Um, I think the other part is where's what is the 17th game, right? Um, and how that happens as well. That has not been, to my understanding, put out there yet. Um, I think 11, to me, with the division the way it is that Savage talked about, that we all know. The only really contender besides us to me is just Washington because of how great their defensive line is. Um, they don't have a quarterback realistically that's going to lead them there. So that's another issue for another day. Um, but I think, you know, a 10 win season wins us the NFC East for sure. Um, I would love for us to get 11 and five uh, or 11 and six, whatever the 17 game is. Um, we'll love that. Um, but I'm, I'm really good at 10. Um, but yeah, I can see us pushing for 11. Um, but that would also mean I think that we would sweep some of our divisional foes as well, um, which again can happen as well. All right. Hey, is that game in Carolina, ain't it? I mean, in, in Dallas, ain't it? It's in Dallas or Carolina. Uh, let me see. It is a home, so it's in Dallas. So, you want to go? I probably will. We can work let's that out. Let's go. Yeah, let's work it out. Mm -hmm. Great PowerPoint, though. Great, great job. Great job. Um, go ahead, Shark. What you got for me? My only question is, I guess, can you speak more on what it's going to be? So I know Scott said he likes y'all offense. I do, too, but offensive line matters, right, uh, if you want to really do something, right? Uh, what is your concerns, and how do you think y'all are going to fix that free agency draft? Or is uh, Tyron Smith coming back? You know, like, how, what questions would be answered with the offensive line? Do you think going forward? Yeah, thank God. Uh, actually, both our tackles, Collins and uh, him, will be back. Smith will be back. Um, 
together. Um, and so I think the only thing I, that's why I said in the second round, let's start looking at more offensive line. If you ask me, I believe there's enough talent, um, offensive line talent that we can wait into the second round and third round. Cause we have some other conditional picks that have come through now as well. And I think you just draft the line the same way we did in past. Um, you draft the best available offensive lineman, no matter what that can be. And if that means drafting an offensive tackle, then you draft that offensive tackle and see if you can convert him maybe to a guard or maybe he learns under uh, beneath uh, those two. Um, but we, we can't go away from anything else in the draft besides offensive line after, after we address a defensive back. And to me, I don't believe there's a game changing to the point that the Steelers have a game changing safety in the draft. I don't think there's one there, but you do get a, a top corner um, from a very great program in Alabama. Um, and then you make your way with the offensive line for the second and third rounds um, and build up from there. And I think free agency will be used for hopefully buying a game changing safety um, and possibly getting some other corners. Um, you know, y'all let go of Malcolm a little bit. Um, he's playing Malcolm in the middle, so who knows where he goes uh, for that. Um, but again, you, we address, and to my understanding, I would love to see us address more of the offensive line. And what I've seen is that we are looking to do that as well, starting the second round. But we all know things can change in Jerry world. Most definitely. All right. Anybody else got anything? It's great. Thank you. Y'all put some really, really heavy examples ahead of me. So thank y'all. Yeah. Like I said, uh, Titans, what's wrong with my team tomorrow? And it'll be dead in the middle of uh, tampering period. So stuff might be coming out live during my show tomorrow. So <laughs> in. I'll be keeping everyone updated. <laughs> stuff rumors pop out. All right, Trevor. All right, you guys. So let's um, have a little fun here. Um, so earlier this week, just so happened just to be on Twitter back when I wasn't banned, um, back when you could say Memphis <laughs> without being banned. So I ran across a tweet uh, from uh, B Souls, who's a uh, NBA content creator who primarily puts his stuff on YouTube. So shout out to him. Um, he basically tweeted. He said. Reply to this with your favorite individual regular season from the past decade. It was a tweet, basically. Um, and he highlighted his was for uh, his favorite was Isaiah Thomas from the 16-17 uh, NBA season. So, of course, I responded with my two uh, that I had. And of course, uh, Brother Sheedy responded to, uh, and brought to me that it was a nice topic. So, just want to go around. Um, we'll start Savage, Skylar, Sharky, Took, Sheedy, then myself. Um, favorite regular season individually for the past decade. And by the decade, I mean from the 2010 11th season. And if that season that you're naming is still going on now, we'll open it up to uh, the 2020 2021 season. All right. Um, so I think it's I didn't want to do like an obvious pick because I feel like anybody could say Kobe or LeBron or whoever. Um, so I'm going to go with a player that I was able to witness firsthand, uh, literally behind the Byzantine bench. I'm going to go with Zach Randolph in 2010, 2011, uh, put up 20 points a game, uh, 12 rebounds 
and two assists per game. And the numbers are obviously, you know, a double-double, but, like, that was every freaking night for Zach Randolph. Like, it, it, I've never seen a player that can jump this high score so many points. Like, the, the man could just score – automatically and that season was so was so vital to like what we see now with the grizzlies even though they lost today to the thunder y'all listen down on starting five podcasts <laughs> but uh like this that season was just so good because there was so much change and shifting of the team with you know oj moving around rudy getting hurt and then inserting um tony inserting tayshaun prince shane Bede was coming in it was a lot of different stuff going on and for the grizzlies to go into that season into the playoffs and then beat, I mean, beat the Spurs and Tim Duncan could not guard Zach Randolph. And I think people don't talk about that, that season enough because Tim Duncan, he old, but that's still Tim Duncan, man. That's still the greatest power forward of all time. And Zebo was giving him that work from that right block every single game. So I'm going to go with, with Zebo, Zach Randolph, uh, one of the best Grizzlies players in the game. Good choice. Good choice. So I cheated a little bit. Um, I actually went with, so there was at one point in my NBA fandom career that I wasn't the biggest LeBron fan. Um, I was just kind of one of those people that like disrespected LeBron, never really um, respected his greatness um, until the 2017-2018 year. Um, that year he averaged 27 point, 27 and a half points per game, nine assists in the regular season. Um, went on to play 82 games in the regular season. For me, that was big because before that year, there was always talk about from the media, from fans, that all LeBron doesn't take the regular season seriously or he picks and chooses when he wants to take off here and there. So LeBron just said, okay, cool, fine. I'll play all 82. He played all 82 and proceeded to give everybody 34 points nine assists in the playoffs and dragged that Cleveland Cavaliers team to the finals. And of course they got the brakes beat off them by the Golden State Warriors the year. But for me, that was impressive. It was just because LeBron pays attention to everything that's out there. He pays attention to everything. And I think every time there's something negative that's said about him, he says, okay, cool, fine. I'll check that off the list. I'll check that off the list. I'll check this and I'll check that. And so I, I just think that that was big because he had gotten to the point where he was just like, okay, I'm going to do everything that y'all are uh, ridiculing me for, and I'm just going to do it. And I just think that's when I said, okay, now I'm a cool big fan of LeBron James because not only what he did in regular season, but he really took that Cleveland Cavaliers tape and then he balled out and put up 34 games. So for me, that was, that was impressive. So, mine still is Derrick Rose, 2010-2011. 22 years old, won MVP award, and that was back um, in my Bulls fandom days. Uh, And, no, I'm not becoming a fan again, Savage. Stop tweeting at me, you and But that year was amazing because that was the year the big three formed in Miami, right? Uh, LeBron, D-Wade, and Kupach. And it was just like, oh, they're going to roll over the East, which they still did. They beat us in five games in the playoffs. But the regular season, we thought the Heat was just going to roll over the regular season. And the Bulls came out. Tom Thibodeau, then that was the first-year head coach. Derrick Rose, second year in the league, became an all-star. And, like I said, came out 25 points a game. They was trying to get LeBron to come to Chicago. He didn't come. He's uh, sparring through from Miami. And Derrick Rose went out and said, now, nah, I'm going to get the Bulls to the number one seed. So, that 
that year it showed me a lot about him. Unfortunately, we know what happened the next year. Terrence ACL and it wasn't the same again. But seeing Derrick Rose, the potential of him at that time, he already showed it. It was it was amazing. It's like yeah. Um, so for me, man, um both of my favorite careers, I guess seasons are are from for the shorter people, right? Um, Allen Iverson is my favorite all the time, but going back into this, this question, the guy from Davidson, you know what I'm saying? Davidson College, the short man that everybody didn't know. That man is not short. Know. That man is not I, short. I mean, he, he is my height. After Girls, he, he, is my height. he was your height, but he was like, he was like 170 in college, right? So he, he was smaller, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was the smaller guy, smallest guy on the court. Pretty much. But now seeing his career go, you know, into Golden State, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm a fan of didn't start there, but I would watch Steph Curry and I would watch Monte Ellis play too. And then once I saw the Warriors get rid of Monte Ellis with Steph Curry, it had me like, whoa, what, what the hell are they doing? Like, we know Monte Ellis is balling, right? And then the 2015, um, and he pretty much broke the internet with his three-point shooting, right? I like everybody was retweeting, liking the Steph Curry plays, you know, averaging 30 points a game, you know, two steals. Like that's when Steph Curry really became Steph Curry and changed the game of basketball was, was that 2015 season. Um, and, and, you know, to top it off, you know, end of the ring after everything, it was pretty dope to see, you know, so his, his you know, playing from Davidson to, you know, going through everything he did in his earlier Warrior days with the ankle injuries and stuff like that, winning the championship was pretty cool. Uh, so the Warriors, I think it was a 2015, 2016 season or 14. Yeah, 15, 16 season. Yep. So, yeah. That was my second that was my second I was choose between that and Derrick Rose, so I know exactly what season. Okay. Um, so that's 24 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, but also, I mean, two blocks and two steals. Um, this person averaged 32 points a game in the playoffs. This is, to me, this was the year of the coming out party of naming this player a top five player for the remainder of his duration of time until he gets injured again. Um, this came from the 2014-15 of Anthony Davis. Yeah. Um, also during this year, Anthony Davis was a was number five in the MVP rankings as well. They lost to the Warriors. If you guys remember that series, that series was a dog fight. Man. And Anthony Davis kept them in that every single night. And if you look at that roster, Eric Gordon and J. Rue Holiday, Omir Sheik, right? Some bums with him. And he still did what he had to do for them to only to lose all four games, all four games by about eight points and by an yeah. average mm-hmm. to a team, the Golden State Warriors that went on to win the finals. Now, also, I want us to think about this: every team back in 2014-15 had a big tour three, right? The Warriors had their three. Um, you can go back to the Blazers, even at that time, had Dame, CJ, and Lamarcus at that time. Right. And some other teams, you had to have a big two or three to make something happen in the playoffs, or even get to the playoffs. <laughs> this man put these Pelicans on his back and even beat out the Thunder for the eighth seed to play against the Warriors. We now 
show a lot of love to Anthony Davis because he is a top five talent. But we got to remember back then when he was literally by himself doing all these miraculous things and still coming up short. They didn't really get the help he needed really to the markets came in 2017 um, with that. But again, this is the start of a now top five player that has been considered a top five player to me for at least the past four to five seasons, if not longer than that. That's a good one. Yeah. I was about to say it was interesting. You picked, uh, you talked about Portland that year because honestly, Portland, if Wesley Matthews got to one down with Achilles injury, like in March that year, they may have been a potential finals team if that never happened. Yeah, they, they was cold as hell that year. <laughs> Golden State was still learning how to win, right? They were still learning. Yeah, they, um, that was the season before yeah, the Memphis in the playoffs here. Huh? Yes, the Grizzlies. Did they do the Memphis in the playoffs here? Yeah, he broke uh, Mike Conley's face, uh, CJ McCollum. Yeah, that was that year. Yeah, and Memphis probably would have beat Golden State if Mike Conley was healthy for the entire series. Uh, I'm already going to say that. I'm already going to say that. I, 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 I'm looking at if he was healthy for the whole series, they probably beat him. Well, uh, the two that I had, um, which were both MVP seasons for me, um, the first was 13-14 uh, KD. Um so that year, KD was average that season. Excuse me, KD was averaging thirty-two a game, uh, thirty-two seven and five um, for that season. And uh, for me, what kind of put the stamping on uh, the whole thing for Kevin Durant was he went a good, I want to say, a month and a half, probably from November to like January, where he's had of like games where he at least had 20. Um, mm-hmm. And it culminated with the one, I think it was a uh, ESPN matchup against the Miami Heat uh, going up against LeBron James. And he just destroyed, like he literally destroyed LeBron that game. And it was like, okay, if you didn't think Kevin Durant didn't arrive, he had arrived officially uh, after that game. And from that point on, pretty much just wrapped up the MVP form. And uh, who knows if Sergi Baca doesn't get injured in the San Antonio series, get injured in the Clippers series, who knows what may have happened uh, in the conference finals for them that year. And then uh, second, uh, I got I got to do it. I'm sticking with the same season as B-Souls with 16-17. I got to go with Russ uh, that season. Just for the fact that it was, it was fun to watch. Um, of course, for everyone that don't know, it was first year without KD, a lot of people fans were or a lot of people I wanted to know like what Russ would do uh with a team by himself. Not much that he had there. He had uh had Ricky Sabonis, Ricky the, uh, the Sabonis, Oladipo, who was still chubby Oladipo, because you look at Oladipo then look at him now, two completely different people. Uh first season averaging the triple double at 30, 30, 10, and 10. Uh probably his best uh his best as far as efficiency is concerned, shot 34% from three, which is actually good for his standards. Um, shot uh, just a little north of uh, 45, a little, little close to 45% from the field as well uh, for Russ. Um, just like what she was talking about for Anthony Davis, willing the Pelicans to that playoff series against to, against the Warriors as an A seed. He, Russ will OKC to a six seed 
that year against the uh, Houston Rockets. They managed to get a game, one game. But, hey, just watching that season was just remarkable from that point. So, if I had to give my two, it would be Russ, 16, 17, KD, 13, 14. And anything else before we move it to wherever we need to move it to? The Tigers did not get picked for the tournament, uh, yeah. but Wichita State did. That is interesting. Uh, I, personally, I personally would not have put Wichita in the tournament because they got dogged by Cincy, and Cincy got dog walked by. <laughs> but, I mean, shout out to the American Conference for getting two teams. Uh, I'm ready to see Memphis in the NIT. Hopefully they can play the NIT. But Hopefully they can win the game, and then if they play it. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Hey, that is I, ain't about, I ain't about to complain about, complain about any teams who got in the tournament. Memphis didn't deserve yep. it. Yep, they didn't. They didn't deserve it. Yep. 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 Yep and higher education and loans and stuff like that, I think was very successful. Um, this is Women's History Month this month. Um, and so there will be a series about women um, that we'll be discussing more and more on Schooling with Sheedy. Um, I do want to put this out there as well as the last part. Um, March 13th, 2020, um, that was last year, of course, a, a year um, almost to the day, uh, we lost Brianna Taylor, um, who was not a celebrity. Um, she was not someone running for office. She was nothing um, until she was gunned down inappropriately by the Louisville Police Department and thus started many of things here um, that now go on. Um, and so Brianna Taylor did never receive her justice. Um, I don't care how many millions of dollars you pay to someone um, or their family. That's never a justice for them actually having a breath of life. Um, and so I do want to give that to her and, and have this quote as well, um, because the one thing I definitely learned was how transformational our women have been um, during these rough times. Um, and also the WNBA for leading the charge on many of issues. Um, but do I leave on this? If there's one thing I've learned in life, it's the power of using your voice. Um, and I believe the women have done a phenomenal job with that. And I want us as men to also do the same. Um, with that and move forward with it. So again, Brown Taylor, we still know you, we're still here for you um, and your family um, through all of this and it's wrong. Uh, but again, as well, we'll be starting a women's series um, next week uh, with Schooling with Sheeta. So be on the lookout for that. Okay, okay, good, good. So remember, Coming up, got to start up tomorrow. Uh, got a couple podcasts coming up uh, really soon. Uh, Schooling with Sheedy will be his own podcast soon. Took is still coming up with something, and Trevor's coming out with the Steelers around draft time in April. So stay on the lookout. Let's be real, real quick. We'll have IDK. I do a review of Last Chance You Basketball. It'll hopefully be out sometime midweek, but I'm I'm like halfway through, so I gotta watch the last four episodes. But it is good. I, I highly recommend it. It's good. I, I'm I'll definitely watch. gonna try to start this soon. I watched season. I watched uh, the first episode yesterday. I was like, "Cut it off now," because I'll be up to five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yes, it's good. I'll probably watch one episode. You can tell it's gonna be good. I'm watching tonight, so. Oh, I'm sure. Sure, I'm probably watching tonight. See what's up. 
It's on Netflix, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. So once again, if it's being IT, uh, the bracket will come out later tonight. We'll, I guess, we'll post it on and talk about it some other time. I don't care about IT, honestly. Me personally, but yeah. win a game, win a game. Uh, <laughs> well, Scott, season over, so you ain't got to worry about talking about them for a second. Watch them. Yeah, yeah bro. I'm, I'm, yeah, that means I can cut down on some of my drinking until the Steelers get back, and then, uh, then we'll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. It's been real. Oh, right, we are free. Shout out, free. We're free on Twitter. Uh, let me oh, go. We're really? We're free. Yes, let sir. Me go check yes, sir. We are. Oh, uh, free. Shout out, hey, uh, shout out to my Panthers, man. They did the right thing in retiring uh, Thomas Davis and Greg Olson. Definitely oh, want to snap. see. Them. We see. Uh, hold on. Can, hold on. Can we tweet Memphis though? I don't know. We about to Trevor's gonna try it out. Trevor's gonna try it out. We need somebody to be the test dummy. Trevor, Trevor, he said he's gonna try it out. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. You doing it right now? Hold on. We need to do it right now, like live right now. I'm doing it right now. Okay, go on. Hold on, hit tweet. Hit tweet. We hold on. We doing this live. Oh Lord, we got time. I'm still here. I'm still here. Let's get it. Let's go. Yes. We're free. I'm still, We're I'm free. still spelling We're free with, now. We're I'm still spelling it with the F though. Uh, okay. I, I, I'm still spelling with the F like I tweeted out. <laughs> yeah, right. That's yes. crazy, man. Yes, we do. <laughs> I love free. Everybody does. I love it. I love All right, freedom. Man. It's been real. See you next time. Peace. Can't ban the missing. <laughs>